Hey, everybody. Surprise, we're early. All right, before we get into copyright issues. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. A thousand percent well. Yep. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South in Texas. Pete, I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, Chris Mahler. Chris, how are you, buddy? <laughs> good. <laughs> Thank you, good. <laughs> That's good. We got a whole bunch of holidays coming up. Lent. Dewey. Lent. <laughs> Lent. Ain't no belly button, dog. I well, dude, I get like crazy amounts of, of belly button lint, and I don't know why. Mm, I, I barely wear shirts gross. with cotton in them. Like I'm always in dry fit, dude, head to toe. Well, head you have a, to toe. It's easy to do when you have a chiseled body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Herman Brown? We miss you too. Um, we got we got a decent amount to talk about. I, I got to tell you about my experience with this this new company. Yeah. What. Okay. Yeah. What's going on there? Because I just Reveler? Yeah. Tell okay. me about it. So, okay. Like no free ads, but like the I figured that you were getting paid for that, no? So Reveler's awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. and that's all I'm gonna say. So it's it's this really cool setup where it's like, all right, like say you're it's like daily fantasy sports, right? Okay. Um, so say me and you were gonna be betting like on March Badass, or like say the Super Bowl, right? In like the Masters, because I think they're doing one for the Masters too. Okay. And it's like the coolest setup where it's like, so say me and you were doing it, or we want to invite people from the show because this will a thousand percent be happening, I think, in the near future. And we're like, hey, Ben Diesel, Herman Brown, if you guys wanna you wanna compete, they said not to use certain words, but if you wanted to BET on this game, okay, um, and you want to say it. It's a great, it's a great entertainment uh, channel, but like, say you wanted to, you wanted to do that like, like on um, the Super Bowl last night, but you wanted to do it against each other, like a daily fantasy sports thing. We could be doing that in this room, like in a private little room, just okay. us. Anyone else that wants to come, like you know, like first fifty people, whatever, show up, like sign up. You put like you know, hundred dollars in. Winner gets a thousand dollars in the room, and you make side bets the entire time. It's incredible. It's like. The coolest all, thing. Okay, so are we all on video, or is it just me and you on video? No, so I, I, that part I don't know because we sold out. They sold out of like of tickets before I could even get my ticket. Like it was so many people, and I was like, yeah. So I'm like telling, I'm telling my buddy Dan, I'm like, yeah, man. Um, I feel like I stayed at the dorm behind him. Um, yeah. So uh, I, it was like one of these things where it's like, I, like, like he's like, yeah, and you get time for kickoff, whatever. So then I go into sign up for kickoff, and it's like sold out, and I was like okay but it's really cool it's a really cool setup and i can't wait to talk more about it as the future uh unfolds huh unfolds unfolds you're gonna be involved it's gonna be a lot of fun well i'm glad i'm learning about it just as everybody else is i mean it's surprising for all of us Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh so super bowl obviously last night do you have any bets in on the game i only had one in on the game and it was uh eagles minus one so I didn't have a single bet in. Look at you. I, I had like I'm disappointed and proud at the same time. I felt like death like the entire day. I don't know what was going on. Like I got out of bed, got back in bed, like went like just it was awful. It was awful. And then I got like out of bed again, back in bed, and then I got out of bed at like 6:15 and I was like just a shell of myself. It was awful. But the game itself was really good. I was disappointed. I like 
I just I was really I was so sad for Jalen, man. That sucks. Yeah, he played a hell of a game. I mean, what the thing that sucked the most, I think, is he was the best player in the game. I mean, Mahomes mm-hmm. was obviously incredible in the second half. He only right. had one pass completion. It was a throwaway. Um, but you know, to come down to jail, like the the fumble by Jalen was like what lost in the game. I don't know about all that. I mean, that's aggressive. Because they were pretty much, it seemed like in the first half, they were going up and down the field. If, if they go yeah. 21-7 in that spot, and well, I, mean, I don't know. They were on side of the field. They were, but they were moving the ball really well. I mean, okay, you couldn't, I, it was a huge part of the game, obviously, because it was returned for, for six. Yeah. And it sucks that, like, it really just was all on Jalen. Everything else was perfect. Right, except for that one play, and it just happened to be a disaster. Dude, you know, the throw he made, some of the throws he made in the second half were insane. Like, dude, just, so you might not like this comparison because of the guy, it is, do, but he's kind of he's kind of like Cam Newton, honestly. Oh my god, that's not what I thought you were gonna say. I'm gonna throw up again. But oh. think about it. I mean, Cam Newton at his height was like ridiculous, and he's I six that's five what, at his height. Well, yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, idiot. Um. But seriously, like, I, I mean, he seemed unstoppable at times in the short yardage. Like, Dude. why would you ever not go for it on fourth and one? So what's amazing about that is that, like, so when Cam, when it was like four, like third and, and two or third and three, fourth and three, it was like a foregone conclusion because Cam was going to go ahead and just lay down and get you a first because he was six five. Jalen from under center, and they were just like, fuck it, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Like, yeah. you have the best defensive tackle in the league across from the center like like chris jones remember chris jones one of our yeah. first favorite players of all time with this dick popping out at the, at the nfl combine that's right yeah that's right flopping all over the place like a salmon getting caught in the wild um <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> um just imagine my blocks it oh with uh yeah that's stuff i didn't see that um but no so like <laughs> Same wild was pretty good. I was uh, I was shocked at the lack of uh pressure that both defensive lines got considering Philly had 70 sacks on the season. A lot yeah. of people said it because the grass was so shitty, they couldn't get like a good pass rush. Okay, that shit pissed me off. Cuz cuz here's the thing. You like the, like the NFL and of course like I just I just try to get this feeling that the NFL is like just a, a more rich version of the NCAA in terms of like Roger Goodell fucking sucks. Like, like I was sitting there thinking about this too. DeMar Hamilton, like, or DeMar Hamlin. What is it? DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin. I bet he was so fucking upset that he had to spend that entire game with Roger Goodell. Like I would have been furious if I had to sit up there next to Roger Goodell. And he's like, do you see these prices on the Cracker Jacks up here? It was talking about $4. Did you see that DeMar? Like, like, what would they be talking about? Like, what do they have in common that he would, like, tomorrow, really happy that I was able to exploit your injury for my own financial gain and for the league. And it also, um, if you ever do it again, just know that we will absolutely make sure that we do not pay you, um, you know, w- if you are just horrifically injured. Because that's what I do. I'm Roger Goodell and I'm a piece of shit. Why'd you change that? I'm just going to go back and forth, you know? Okay. Um, so, anyway, I just, I hate Roger Goodell, but like, I, the 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 NFL spent over a million dollars in two years preparing for that moment with that with that turf. Like they spent two years making that grass. It's like a hybrid. Yep, I know. They, yeah, like Oklahoma State was bragging about how it was like their grass. 
Well, that's they shitty take, grass, Oklahoma State. Yeah, they want to take that tweet back, I bet. Yeah. Was it like an oregano? It might as well have been because it's pretty pretty terrible grass. Yeah. That yeah. Trash grass. Well, drugs, guys. <laughs> so uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, what a game. Um, of course, you know, everyone talks about the holding call, which it yeah. is what it is. I mean, if the kid came out and was like, yeah, I mean, I held him. I was hoping I would get away with it. Then what are we talking about? Let's just Did stop talking about it. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, it's a tough call in that spot, but it is a hold. It's just like, do you want it to come down to that? But, at the, uh, you know, a lot of people were arguing today, like, okay, if you knew you were beat as the DB, you should have just let him score. Because right. the, the based on the – I mean, you can't know that in the min, in the moment. But if you think you're going to get beat deep, the better thing is to just get burnt so you have, like, a minute 40 on the clock instead yeah, of – Yeah, that's so much to think about, too. You right, exactly. Not giving up the game-winning touchdown in the fucking Super Bowl. Right, yeah, exactly. It's all, yeah. it's all in hindsight. But um, I, I will say, I think that – so, like, just, just – from pure honesty, because I didn't have a dog in the fight and and like and all that, I was upset that it happened. You were upset. I'm always upset. <laughs> I was upset that it happened strictly because it was it was the um, I wanted Jalen to get another chance to go down the field and score. I, I really wanted that. Um, and I also didn't want that it to be something with the officials where they inserted themselves into the moment. But yeah. mostly, I just didn't want the game to end in a, in a non anti or in an anticlimactic way, oh. where they were just going to kick a field goal and that'd be that'd be the end of it. That's it. Like I was I was only upset because I wanted to see Jalen get another shot. And but if if I'm a Chiefs fan and they don't call it there, then I'm fucking furious because it's like a blatant call. You know, like like if. if if that right there, if, if that's not there, and it's say instead of the Chiefs, if, if that that play is not called and the Eagles get away with it, and they're playing Georgia, not Kansas City, you would see fucking collages of of that holding miss holding call for years to come, for fucking yep. years to come. Yep. So it, it, I thought it was cool that like the the head coach and the DB both said it. It was like you know, sorry, this is what happened. There's so many other things that happened in the game. Took the high road. It was great. Yeah, Ben Diesel said it felt so weird watching the Chiefs intentionally yeah. not score a touchdown. Really good point. Analytic football is so weird. I don't really think that that's analytics. It's just a math equation at that point when it comes to the time. Right? I mean, no, I, I would right. say it's just a time thing. Yeah. Uh, that, no, so Tim Branch makes the best point. Again, and I'm I'm reacting to this in like in just a very honest way. Tim Branch says Olsen made a big deal out of it, and that's what made everyone mad. The moment that Greg Olson yeah. said something about it, I there was like a little light that went off in my head. And I was like, "Oh, we're allowed to be mad about this? Okay, then, like, I'm I'm upset too because yeah, right. That's right. a very good point, Tim Branch. I think just like into the human psyche, I was like, it's amazing I, how much the the announcers can really affect that. Like, yeah. if they both would have been like, well, that's like that's a clear hold, and then Mike Pereira comes on, and he's like, yeah, this a uh, hundred, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred holding, then no one's bitching about it, right? Also, I feel like this is like one of the few times like in the history, and maybe just because we're not affected by it because it wasn't like one of our teams." But I feel like every I've never seen everyone, me, you, the coach, the defensive back, everyone just be like, you know what? This is why I wanted that. This is how I feel. And this is why this happened. And then everyone be like, yeah, that is a good point. This is how I felt. And this is how it happened. That's, that would be great if, if, if we were always like that. Yeah, that would, wouldn't it? Um, Philly, the first uh, – or I'm sorry, now Super Bowl teams, that's only the second loss ever by a team that's been up at halftime by more than 10 points. Yeah, we won't. I I've lost track of who the other one was. We won't Fuck talk about that. it. 
But uh, it didn't feel that like that big of a blown game, obviously. Um, no. But that stat was um, – I Well, I will eye. say up 10, but you knew the Chiefs had the ball coming out in the second half. Up but 10. Mahomes got fucked up there in the second quarter, man. I was yeah. like, dude, he looks like he's in a lot of pain. The fact that he was in that much pain, and you know he was shot up before the game. So oh, You know he was shot up at halftime. And, <laughs> yeah. and one of them, I think it was Bradshaw even made the comment. He's like – you go in there, you, you find out whatever kind of pain medication they got for you, and it's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. Sure, dude. Um, but, dude, Mahomes, 27 years old. He's only been in the league for five years. He's already two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time yeah. Super Bowl champion, two-time league MVP, offensive player of the year, two-time first-team all-pro, five-time pro bowler. I mean, the dude, we, we might be seeing, like, you know, the next – I mean, and the team, I mean – Andy Reid's a great coach, dude. I like the fact that they got fooled, Philly, on those t- same play, just going two different directions, yeah. like completely fooled. Kadarius, Tony, like, like I love that. What I love about the Chiefs is there's not there's, there aren't that many like teams. I feel like that say like this is our identity, like this is what we're doing. We don't give a shit if we like we lost we lost you know Tyreek Hill. Okay, we're gonna go out and get this guy because he's a running back that runs a four three. We're gonna go out and get this guy because he's a receiver that runs a four three. We're mm-hmm. gonna get Kadarius Tony off waivers, who's a, by all means a bust. He's gonna play a significant impact in this in the Super Bowl because he can like he can do things on the field that other people can't do. I love that. I, I thought that was really great. Are we gonna yeah. talk about the best part of it or what? I mean, because like- we will. But I thought it was at the end funny. You know, a lot of people were talking about what Kelsey was like. Nobody thought we would do this, and it was like oh very similar God. to Georgia. But I will say, going into that game, I mean, everyone was picking Philly. Like, the whole broadcasted, like, a lot of people, a lot of the money was on Philly. And uh, so I, there was a little bit more understanding there compared to Georgia, who was, like, you know, a double-digit, like, 14-point favorite and won by 60. <laughs> but uh, what was your favorite part of the whole thing? Of the whole game? No, just of the whole – yeah, yeah, of everything. Half-time? And yeah. I don't give a shit how that sounds. I was out of my mind. I, I I just like I'm like speechless right now. And I'm not even like a huge Rihanna fan. I'm just like that that was one of the best halftime shows I've ever seen in my life. I honestly I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but for a single performance, <laughs> I, bro, I was in tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was sitting there. Come on. I was sitting here by myself. And no, I was like, you cried to the Rihanna halftime show. I didn't cry. I was in tears. There's a difference. There's a, okay. there, I, didn't, I was like, oh my God, I fucking love Riri. I was like, this is it's so me, beautiful. Re. It, was like, it was like Mugatu when he saw the spin left. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Like they came out. They came out. She was fucking pregnant, bro. She was pregnant and just doing yep. this like on her belly. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, that baby is just. I can't wait till that baby's born. Yep. Yeah, I bet that baby can't wait till he's born too. Yeah. <laughs> Get me out of here, bro. Yeah. Um, no, but like the stage, the concept for the stage was like, like I, I was trying to think about this like from like a setup standpoint because like my friend, so my friend Maria is the one who puts on all those concerts and shit like that. It's, she's the one that's got me tickets to all those those championship games, and she puts on the halftime show and all that kind of shit um, for like national championship games. And and I was and she was out there. She's a big Eagles fan. Um. For a halftime show, it was meh. Um, but as a baby announcement, see here, I, I didn't understand how anybody could have watched that and been like, nah. Like my parents, my parents, I called them and, and I was like, what'd you guys think? And they were like, you know, we, we didn't know who that was. We don't know who 
There was like there was like somebody on Fine Bomb who was like, "When is it going? When are we going to get somebody on there like Credence Clearwater Survival Revival?" <laughs> it was like, or just Creed for that matter. I would be kind of fucking sick. Creed is like dangerously close to turning a corner where it's like it's They're such back. a joke that if they came back, everyone back. Like, Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I would love it because I'm so tired of listening to them in an ironic way when I'm just fucking yeah. enjoying the shit. You just want to be in the moment. Can yeah. you take me higher? Well, I don't know. <laughs> what well, I'm ready <laughs> to be a mile. <laughs> um. Dude, fucking Creed is not. Listen, Creed was Creed was cool at some point. I I I'm making some out of my fucking mind right now because we're over here supposed to be talking, and I'm talking about Creed. Thanks, Bon Bon. Um, Um, there's songs from Creed that are good. Stapleton was amazing. I thought. I thought I thought Stapleton was great at the beginning. Stapleton was great. I love Sirianni crying. That was awesome. That was cool. You felt that. You felt that moment. You're like, hey, this guy's just realizing he's in the Super Bowl right now. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I, was I like, cool. I'm a big, I'm a big chills, tears guy during the national anthem. I just, it's just, it's just something about it. Um, uh, you love America. I mean, I do love America a lot. The the all woman flyover seemed to be a bit forced. It seemed cool. Air Force. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed. It's yeah, Nickelback still is cool, bro. Um, no, Chris Hamilton was was fantastic. Back to the halftime show. I'm talking to my friend Maria, and I'm like, how would they have set up this this stage? Because I'm telling you right now, when they went originally, like this is what we're gonna do for the stage. They were like, no, there's like you're talking about hanging wires and shit from the rafters just for the halftime show. It was, I mean, she like like there was somebody posted. I wish I would have retweeted it, but I was too busy arguing with fans again on Twitter. And there was somebody that said, like, this picture, this picture of Rihanna is fucking insane. And it was like, she's like zoomed in like this, right? And then they pan out. And as they pan out, she's like singing the song and she's like a hundred feet in the air, like on this like like fucking Lego block. It was like uh the first Backstreet Boys tour where they came in on those flying hoverboards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you knew about the first tour, but I mean, that's a lot. I was there, bro. Were you really? First concert ever at Phillips Arena. Is that real? That's real. I mean, I, I was invited with a family and sitting in a, a suite, but I mean, yeah. I didn't like buy tickets myself. That would have been well, a right. little strange. Well, well let's be honest. Right. I mean, you know, BSB, they, they killed the game back in the day. They they did. Also, I want to know everyone, what is your first concert you ever went to? Because oh, dude, I've got a really good first concert. It's not bad. No, this is the way. Yeah. What's your first? My my first is uh, Chumbawamba, opening up for Third Eye Blonde. I would, yeah, explode if that happened today. I saw yep. Third Eye Blonde like three years ago. It yeah, no, great. it was down in uh, Centennial Olympic Park, oh, right God. after the Olympics. Corey Smith was my first ever concert. Says James, I fucking hate Corey Smith. I used to pay ten dollars to go boo him. Well, that's the second person with Corey Smith here. <laughs> Legit, I went there one night just hammered drunk. I, li- I like Corey Smith. I'm not gonna hate on Corey Smith. Come on, yeah, now. that's fair. Okay, whatever. Um, okay, so I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts. My first ever, I want to say, was Aaron Neville. No, my mom took me to Aaron. I talk so much. Yeah, I love you. That may be all I need to know. 
Herman, I might be tailgating with you this year. I would love to do that. We will, we will figure that out soon. Um, no, it was, it was, um, uh, Luke Bryan. Oh man. Benny Hanna's on the yeah, Corey Benny? Smith, Luke Bryan. So that was his first big concert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Everybody loves Corey Smith. Smith. <laughs> um, no, I, but I was like, nah, I was 21. He's like fucking 52 now. So <laughs> fuck off Corey Smith. Um, Anyway, That's no, I, I saw. I remember. I remember my dad had to take me because he was apologizing for something. So my mom was like, "Why don't you take him to this concert and apologize for something that you did?" And it was like, it was Mary Chapin Carpenter, which is Mary Chapin. I don't even like. I don't know. Who that is. Was that a Carpenter sister? No, Mary Chapin Carpenter is like to this day like my favorite female. Like up there with like Martina McBride, Pam Tillis. I mean, she's she's number one. She's okay. my favorite country artist of all time. She, dude, she. Can you listen, do a, a tune of hers? Huh? Can you do a tune of hers real quick? Yeah, I can do. I can. I can do a bunch. To be honest, she has one called "I Feel Lucky." Okay. And there's a uh, line the in top. this song where she talks about. She says like the. Um, she's like talking about playing the lotto, and she's like the pot's eleven million. So I called in sick to work. I bought a pack of camels, a burrito, and a Barks. Mm, I mean, this right one talking about, I bought a gas station burrito, some cigarettes, and a Barks root beer, and then continued on the day. And then the best part was, she was talking, it's like all a fantasy of hers, right? That sounds like something I would have done when I turned 18. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, like a 40 year old woman. <laughs> and then, so then she talks about this, like, it's like, of course, like in the mid 90s, right? But she talks about this like once one like it's like it's all fantasy of hers. And at one point she talks about how she's like Lyle Lovett's in the corner uh, with his wow. hand up on my thigh, and like Dwight Yoakam's is right. No, it's like Lyle Lovett's in the corner, and then like Dwight Yoakam's right beside me with his hand up on my thigh. She was having an internal like, who do I go home? Who do I have sex with? Dwight Yoakam. Or Lyle Lovett. And if you don't know what either of those men look like, I'll tell you right now that Dwight Yoakam is the, the guy in the opening scene of Wedding Crashers who's getting all of his shit like, stolen from his wife during the divorce. That That is, that's who Dwight Yoakam is. Yeah, Dwight Yoakam. I mean, his name is Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> that is a anyway, name. I love Mary Chapin. President didn't go with something right. different. Um, so, yeah, great, great, great Super Bowl uh chiefs win another one dynasty question mark i guess i mean they've won two right well yeah maybe they're on their way um all right let's catch up on some college football stuff clearly uh there's been some stuff that's gone on first we'll go a little more granular bama now has two new coordinators a little old but we haven't had a chance to talk about it on the pod tommy reese is oc kevin Steele is dc this was this guy's name, Austin Armstrong, as linebacker coach, who I've heard is a really good pickup, by the way. Kevin Steele is DC. Yep. So your thoughts? Uh, I like the Tommy Reese hire. Um, um, I, I think that that's a a good pickup. Hold on, Benny Hanna. We're not doing this right now. Just just stop making it about yourselves. Just for once, just your fan base. Just fucking stop making it about yourselves for once. Um. <laughs> So, uh, we don't have a secondary coach. I, I like the the whole thing with Tommy Reese. I think people overreacted because it was basically just like I don't know who that is. That's not who I thought it was going to be. 
I'm going to react in a negative way because I don't know who Tommy Reese is. And then you go look at some of the numbers like on the surface level and they don't look that great. Cause it's like, well, he was 98th in passing. Okay. Well, he was like top 30 in yards per attempt. And like, it's like, there's different ways to look at it. Um, and in ways where it actually matters, I think like, it's like, you don't look at like total yards per game or like, just like you wouldn't look at total yards allowed per game necessarily. You look at yards per play or, you know, points, points per play on average, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the reason why this is a big deal is because anybody that watched that South Carolina, no offense, Herman, but anybody that watched the um, uh, the South Carolina Notre Dame game, if you don't think this guy can dial up plays, like I don't know, you just don't know ball. You don't know ball. Plain and simple. Um, <laughs> this is an SEC podcast, respectfully. Um, it's actually not. It's actually. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, fun fact about us going into the new year. No, but I think like going going from uh, Notre gotcha. Dame, where you you don't have like like you, you. I did a whole deep dive on this, and there's a video I put up on YouTube, and it actually did really well. Um, when you look at like the numbers that he had from like you know with with like top 100 recruits, they had they had eight total in the three signing classes that he was the OC there. You're talking about a, a signing class now at Bama this year alone where they had 16 top 100 recruits. Like the amount of talent and the wealth of talent he's going to have is just night and day difference. And more so than anything, the reason why this is a good hire, because I think if you look, look at look at Bill O'Brien, the one thing that pissed me off more than anything was the it wasn't the quarterback development, but it was also it was the the running the football in plays where it makes sense to run the football. And I know that play calling is such an easy thing to to bitch and moan about, but then you really get into the numbers and you know, I fucking did. You look into the actual numbers. Um, you're talking about like throwing the football on 40% of plays where it's third and three or less 40%. You're talking about on, on third and three or less, the amount of yards per carry that they were averaging when they would run the football was 1.56. It was like the 125th in the country. Like just, just, you know, and then again, the stat I continue to bring up over and over and over again, you're ranked fourth in the country in yards per carry. Fourth overall. You're ranked 82nd in, in rush attempts per game. How's that happen? You know, like you're, you're looking at a disparity between rush rushing and, and passing like total play calls. You're at 50%, like just barely over 50%, under 51%. You're not going to round it up. Um, but in the two years he was there, it was 51% uh running plays and 49% passing plays by far the lowest in the history or like in the Saban era. Um, Tommy Reese is a guy that's going to run the football over 60% of the time. And that's what he did for two of the three years he was there. And it's also a guy that you've like, you like, he's like overcome different obstacles that I think are a big deal where like that Bama necessarily hasn't done a great job of over the past couple of years where he's had a different quarterback all three years. He's like, he's done all this with like with, by replacing guys like in, in a lot of talent in the NFL um, year after year. So I think that's really good. Um, Marler relates things. <laughs> we can do that, Carter. Um, so anyway, so that I think that's my, my thoughts on Tyree retire. I think that's a good hire. Kevin Steele as your DC. Don't like it. There's I tried my best. Try my best to look into anything that Kevin Steele defenses do that would make me happy he was consistent. He had four top 20 scoring defenses in four straight years at Auburn. Um, cool. Uh, he like, you know, the 20, 2019 defense that, that had like, you know, Derek Brown and, and, and he put some kids in the NFL, especially in this, in the secondary. Um, uh, 
they they played nine, I think it was like like nine, eleven win. No, it couldn't have been that. They played they played like six or seven eleven win teams. It was something crazy. Um, so that that part's impressive. But like from a recruiting standpoint, there's nobody big names that he got like in recruits, like from Auburn. There was never there's nothing anything from like that he's done that I think that I'm like, yeah, like that's we can hang our hat on that, which again leads me to believe. And and also leads me to believe this because of the sources that I have in Tuscaloosa that he is not going to be your defensive coordinator. And if you heard anything about this, if you heard anything about Kevin Seale becoming the DC, you even heard from like the national news outlets like Jeremy Pruitt was involved in the negotiations to bring him in and what his role was going to be and what capacity he was going to serve as the DC. So but what does that mean? Means that Jeremy Pruitt's gonna be the defensive coordinator. He's just not gonna do it from the he field. Just, was he just being an analyst? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From I, from what I understand, the NCAA is also changing the rules for analysts, where they can have a little bit more um, field time uh, mm-hmm. than they have been in the past. So that might be also something that they're doing. But so is it just a, an optics thing? Why would they go that route? I think they went, I went that route because it's like, all right, this is a guy that's been on the staff for the third time. Now it's a guy that you like, you like, he knows what we're trying to do on defense. He understands what Saban's trying to do. He's got a lot of experience and, you know, and you go from there. I don't, I don't think it's any, like, there's also not a lot of people that are, I think are going to take that job as like, what do you mean? I'm not going to get to call plays. I'm not going to get to do this. I'm not going to like, you know, I mean like, and he, like what, what did crack me up about this was, and my buddy Graham Coffey even posted this, which I thought was so weird because I love Graham. He does a really good job. But it's like, are we going to get the Kevin Steele that gave up over 500 yards of offense and 40 points to Middle Tennessee State? Or are we going to get the Kevin Steele that was at Auburn for five years? And it was like, why would we – like, why are we using the one game – this one game <laughs> versus like his – he's got like a fucking resume that's longer than a, a, a GD – fucking cvs receipts like i mean like that's like it's like it's just yeah job miami was a dumpster fire last year i mean i wouldn't really take much out of last year no i wouldn't either well it'd be interesting so as so what's the latest with pruitt now is he is he on staff or is that not happened yet or yeah i didn't think so what else is new in college football that we haven't covered because i I feel like it has been a minute uh ou texas coming in 2024 Big. I, I think we all knew this was probably going to happen at some point, even though it came out that they weren't. Um, what intrigues me the most, though, is that it's only costing $100 million to do it. And it's it, it's n- not a check they have to write. It's from future revenue. So they literally oh. just walk out the door after a year. That's surprising. Because I, I, I think I was on either Sirius or on Feinbaum, and I said this, and it was like, what, what stands out to me the most is that, like, I've said this repeatedly, like, money's not real in college football. Like, no. money's not real, a thousand percent. However, with TV contracts, it seems to be very real. And that's where yeah. this was kind of lost in the, in the, in the fuss. Um, I thought that's really going to have the biggest issues trying to figure out, like, where to go uh, in terms of, like, moving this contract up. Very surprised. But also, you know, I, like, and I, I tell you what, all the SEC fans that are sitting here and think this is a huge win, and you're in like you're you're gonna waltz into Austin or Norman, and like those programs are down, and 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 Texas is you know perennially underachieved, and all that kind of stuff. It's gonna be real cute. It's gonna be real cute for about three to four weeks, 
And then they're going to travel to Baton Rouge, Columbia, Gainesville. I'm sure they won't have to go to Athens, or they probably will go to Athens, not the other way around, for sure. Tuscaloosa, Auburn. They're going to travel to one of these places. They're going to knock off one of these teams, and then it's going to be like, oh, shit. You mean to tell me that Texas is actually good with all those resources and now even more financial resources being the SEC and having the two top quarterback recruits in the history of recruiting cycles, like, like <laughs> Arch and, and Quinn Ewers and all the five-star talent? I just – did you read that article? I think it's from The Athletic that was like talking about um, Sark and that uh, that roster and like the overhaul he had to have. Mm-mm. So Sark is like going over the roster and he's like – why the fuck do we have 18 receivers and only eight scholarship offensive linemen? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? That's, um, not, winning. That's not a winning formula. No, no. So I, I think that, um, it takes a while to flip for- that room, that, that O-line room. I mean, you got to get quality bodies and then that's, I think that position more than most it, like the, the bus rate is so high because it's just hard yeah. to know with a 17 year old kid. That's 330 pounds. Like, is he just, bigger than everybody plays i mean obviously you watch the right. tape but like brian breezy yep yep um if there's any question that the tv networks are the ones in charge of all this the fact that the michigan texas game flipped to a michigan home game earlier now yeah to get that game on fox rather than espn obviously um that's kind of like a hey here's 100 million that's kind of a light on the exit fee for the big 12 in return you gotta let us you know Trade this I mean, don't game forget and... the Big Ten just signed a seven billion dollar deal. Right. Like hundred million dollars is, is nothing. Yeah. That's um, and I also think it it opens up the door for like if you're if you're wanting to see this mass super conferences between the SEC and the Big Ten, yeah, then this summer you should want to hear all these rumors again mm-hmm. about how the Big Ten is trying to grab Oregon and who will whoever will because then the sec is going to make a move and they're going to probably grab now that florida state looks more viable and clemson has been viable and it's just going to continue to mount and now we see what the blueprint looks like hey let's come to an agreement that we can agree to on future revenues which 100 million is going to be nothing with these super huge conferences and uh let's just get the ball rolling on this and so i don't know man this 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 all by 2028 at the or like the latest, probably the SEC won't even be recognizable. I think no, it's already not, man. I hate it. I, like yeah. they're talking about going. Like I doubt they go to divisions because they're talking about like the way they split up the divisions now. You put Bama and Auburn over to the east, and like geographically that makes sense. They're not going to put Bama and Georgia in the same division. Those are the two money. Like those are your two bell cows. Like are you like are you if you if you think that they're going to put Georgia, who is the best program in the country. And then Bama, who has been the best program in the history of college football, like in the same division to fight amongst themselves every year. And then in the other side, you're like, all right, guys, we're getting two newcomers, Texas and Oklahoma. They're going to be playing with Texas A&M and Mizzou. Like they're not going to they're not going to allow that shit to happen. That's just that's just not. I think they'll do pods or some shit. And I think they'll go to a three by six model where you have six rotating games and you have three that are like your, your yearly games. Yeah. I don't know how they, they switch. I don't know how they make the yearly games yet. Like, because like, it's just well, be like Bama Auburn would be one that would be yearly, right? Yeah. All the, all the traditional in, in conference rivals, 
you know, like if let's say Florida State and Clemson came over, that would be like a, a staple yeah. game. Then you'd probably have obviously Florida State, Florida, and then you'd probably have like because they, I mean, they're already they play each other every year, so you may as well. Why are you, lock that why are you in. bringing them over? I'm just saying, if you expand it out, let's like, just go with what we have now. All right, let's go. Right, we go. Okay, so then the new teams that come in, yeah, OU Texas, Texas obviously they're going to be on the schedule every year. I, th- I think then, the Texas and Texas A&M are like as much as they've been bickering back and forth, like they're going to be playing again. Like you're not going to have those two teams from a geographical standpoint not play each other, right? Um, Texas, Texas A&M will be awesome to be have be that awesome. yearly. Is I mean, he, it's it really is going to be awesome. It's going to change. Always sucks at first, but it's going to be pretty right. sweet. The one that I saw, see, and people forget this too. When when and I only know this from I'm trying to think of who else George's was. I want to say back in the day it was Ole Miss, but I could be wrong. And, and Georgia fan, help me out if you guys if you guys can. Um, but like when it used to be twelve teams, right? It was like you play seven seven conference games a year, I think, right? Or eight, probably eight. I don't remember. Um, but you played, yeah, 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 you played eight, and you played five in your division two that you had every year, and then one that you rot- rotated. So the two from the East that Bama had, I know, were Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Every year, they played Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Bama played Vanderbilt every single year. So I'm not fully convinced, because the one I saw recently was like, for Bama, it would be Mississippi State, Auburn, Tennessee. That Mississippi State-Bama rivalry all time is like 87 to 13. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. You got to have one like the because the ACC moves to pods this year, or not pods, but they move to you. You rotate. You have the three that you always play, and then you rotate the other games, and then the two top seeds at the end play in the ACC championship game. So there's no more divisions, and we've got Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. So it's like they're going to give you one where it's a little bit lopsided. Yeah, I wonder. That's what I'm saying. They might get Vandy again. I wonder what, what that looks like for LSU because I think LSU is a team that you, you know the Bama game, right? Florida, is that's a great rivalry they have in Florida. That's who they currently get every year. Arkansas, that's a great rivalry they had. You should have played the day after Thanksgiving every single year. Ole Miss, um, Auburn, the Tiger Bowl. Then you look at what they've had since like the, that A&M joined the SEC. You're naturally going to lose some of those games every year, which sucks. Right. That's, so that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, I think out of all the games – LSU is the one that's that is the most intriguing when you make the three by six model because if you look at like some of the history they have again Auburn like Auburn and LSU it's a game we see every year we love seeing mm-hmm. that game um, but you know and like and then the Bama game and and then you know like I said Arkansas they've played they've kind of tinkered around with that where it's it's moved moved around a little bit I think it's now it was the second to last game of the season or third to last game of the season but the one that the one that is it's been like. They're, it's not their biggest rival, but it's definitely the other team's biggest rival is Texas A&M. A&M has made a whole big fucking thing about th- them playing them playing LSU. And I wonder if that if that stays on there or not. Um, who said Bama LSU is not a rivalry? Did I say that? That's not even what that says. How does Bama LSU not a rivalry? Oh, like on the three by six? I don't know. I mean, yeah, like, I mean look, the, some of these Bama rivalries, it's like I, Bama LSU. I do consider like a, a rivalry that's newer. I mean, well, move yourself from like the last fifteen years and look at and look at the whole picture of everything, yeah. and then tell me if it's a rivalry. Because again, I'll yeah. say, even before this year, even before this year, when LSU won by one point in overtime, even before this year, LSU has won five games at home against Alabama 
since 1957. I'm sorry, 1955. Five. Five games. Now six. Um, Jeff says no matter what, every team plays once every two years. Missing these little rivalries won't matter as much. Yeah, that is a good point. That's Um, a good point. So regardless, we now know that Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in the SEC in 2024, which means that this coming up football season, if you're a traditionalist of college football, just enjoy the hell out of it because it's all about to go crazy after that. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to be playing games in the SEC in 18 months. You know what's going to be real weird is when you wake up and you see Minnesota and UCLA playing in the fucking Rose Bowl in, like, September. And it's like, what? All Yeah, but all this all this is – so the Florida I've, – I've heard rumors now that the Florida State-Georgia series is not going to happen because the of what? the whole – the Florida State-Georgia oh, series. Yeah, I that too. Um, and I also, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State Bama got, got canceled as well, just because those are far, far enough down the line where I don't foresee Florida State being in the ACC at least. Yeah. If they're not in the SEC, they're going to be somewhere else. Um, Cancel culture is out of control, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Maybe it won't be by then, you know? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> would be. It'd, be. it'd be very telling to see if I still have a job, so... Um, no, I, I think all that's a really, really good point. But again, I, I'll say this too. And here's the stuff that I think people don't think about as much. Cause I, I think, I think the thing that sucks, and this is, this show is called college football uncensored. This is like, we talk about college football primarily and all that kind of stuff, but where this sucks. And I said this when the big 12 expanded, how do you not condone? That's not the right word. How do you budget? If you are an athletic director, like legitimately, how do you budget for a Wednesday night, girls volleyball game between West Virginia and TCU. And you got to charter a jet to fly to, 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 you know, Fort Worth fly back. And like, how do you do that? Like genuinely, how do you do that? And so now when you're talking about, you know, I'll use the PAC 12 as an example, because the big 12 is like, you're going to see like a dissolving of like the power five in general, because there's no way that the power five is going to have everyone have a seat at the table when you have bus time. I just, I just think for in that regard, I think if the conferences get big enough, you can play kind of like a divisional mm-hmm. series where you're playing like people just in your local like Southeast, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if the Big Ten expands and they add, you know, Oregon and things like that, which I'd fully anticipate happening, then, you know, USC can play Oregon, everybody on the West Coast um, and like the middle of the country. And then the bit traditional Arizona Big Ten, State, Arizona, yep. Colorado, yep. back to the Big Twelve. I mean, it's just there's a lot going on. But I mean, like think about this though, like 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 the the teams that are going to be in the Big Twelve are not taken seriously. Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, like those are not Big right. Twelve. Like they're not going to have the same seat at the table. And then you look at the Pac twelve, and it's like, well, you just lost USC and UCLA. They're going to lose Oregon. And, and and here's the thing that's really interesting about the Pac twelve. Oregon State has one of the best baseball programs in the country every single year. Now, I understand that baseball is not necessarily a revenue-generating sport for most. It definitely is for Oregon State. It It is not for the Big Ten. So it, it really doesn't matter, right? But with Oregon State football playing better and, like, kind of being on the rise with this, like, new coach they just got and you get 10 wins, they're going to be probably a top 20, top 15 team going into next year. Right now, if you took Oregon, you're taking if you're taking two teams from the Pac-12, you're taking Oregon, you're taking Washington, hands down. Love no. <laughs> that, Denny Hanna. Um, 
but like you're taking those two teams. How do you not take Oregon State and you break up that that rivalry? No, I don't think that's going to happen though. Oh, that's a good point too. So uh, I so Jeff Rollins said you're describing the AFC and NFC East, West, etc. Yeah, that's ex- essentially what yeah. I see it turning into is the SEC is the AFC and you know the Big Ten's the NFC or vice versa. You play up until the SEC championship game is basically the AFC championship game in this regard. And then you have like the Super Bowl, which is the winner right. of the Big Ten and the winner of the SEC. That's kind of how I see it going long term. I don't know how fast we get to that, but I, I think it could be faster than we all imagine. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, there's a lot of unknowns. I'm surprised there's not more leaking of what's going to go on because if the SEC, if, if the SEC and Oklahoma and Texas are, are marrying a year earlier than we thought, then they've got to start thinking about what the divisions or whatever they're doing for that, like very soon. Yeah, if they haven't already, which uh, that's going to leak out. You would, th- I think, something like that's going to leak out this summer. Yeah, baseball so. season's going to be miserable in the SEC. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, uh, basketball. Bama's number one. You want to talk about that real fast? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I mean, y'all had a murder on your team, okay? Oh, I heard about this from from uh, my favorite thing that happened this week. My favorite thing that happened this week from from Bama hate. It wasn't even from Georgia Twitter. Shockingly enough, it was the Auburn fan at college game day who held up a sign that said, "So Bama's whole thing is like University of Alabama, where legends are made." Right, holds up a sign that says "Where legends are paid," and like immediately gets ratioed. And everyone's like, "Yeah, that's legal now, bro. Like you're allowed yeah. to do that, yeah. so it's totally okay." Also, thanks for the slogan because that's we should hang that right inside of the fucking nil within fucking hours. Alabama's nil collective and like whole division of whatever that is puts it on a t-shirt. Like yeah. starts selling it, all the money immediately goes to NIL for Alabama students and student athletes. Sells a fuck ton of them because some idiot Auburn fan was like, "You know, show them, dude." Show them. <laughs> also, you, if you're an Auburn fan, you don't get to say that. Your last legend, a thousand percent, was Cam Newton, and yeah. you paid the shit out of that guy. Look, I just thought it was so funny because it backfired tremendously. That is pretty funny. I actually didn't see that. That's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We can so talk about you think one in the country? Yeah. You you think they're gonna win the championship? It's pretty early for that. Yeah. I will tell you right now that we talked about Creed earlier. And I like the last time Bama, Bama was ranked number one in the country when we were sophomores in high school. Were they really? I don't even remember. For a week. Who was the best for team? Week. Or who was the best player on the team? I don't know. Jamario Davidson. It was like Jamario Davidson, Richard Hendricks. It was like a while ago. This is like they were both five stars. Jamario Davidson was number 33. He's like a big, big, long link. He wasn't really a like a he played the four. He was not a three guy. By any, by any means, because he couldn't really stretch the floor um, or, or beat you from the outside. But, like, you had – you <laughs> they had a really good team. They had a really good team. But they were ranked number one in the country for, like, like a week. And it was like, holy shit. It was in December. And I remember this because I was leaving – I was leaving a Creed concert. And I was yes. like, oh. All got we, full circle. Right. I was like, did we play tonight? And I'm, like, checking <laughs> scores. And, like, I see, like, Bama lost. And I was like, Fuck. So we were ranked number one for a week, and that was it. Um, I think we might have been like on the cover of SI and all that kind of shit. Um, this year's different. I but see what sucks too is like there's they gotta go play Tennessee this week. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's good, even though they lost at home last week to Missouri. To Missouri. Also, college baseball kicks off on Friday. 
Yeah, there's a lot going on. But uh, obviously, that. it'll be interesting to see the run if if they make one that Bama goes on. Um, but uh, yeah, did congratulations. You watch real quick. Did you watch any of that South Carolina LSU women's basketball game yesterday? I did not. I watched a bit of it. I thought it was really cool because it was like they were they were selling out. This is it kind of goes to is it a test testament uh, to how good of uh, fans South Carolina fans are. Um, but they were they sold like they sold out quickly and they were selling on the like on like the, the secondary market for like I want to say a couple of the tickets like for over a thousand dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, it's pretty cool. Who ended up winning the game? Uh, South Carolina. Nice. Go Cubs. I think I turned it off for the Super Bowl, so yeah, yeah, of course. Anyway. I mean, it's just science. Um, okay, cool, man. Well, uh, anything else you wanted to catch up on here? Uh, let's figure this out right now in front of the, the world. When are we going to consistently do our show in the off season? Should we do Mondays? Okay. Uh, beginning of the we week. We do it every week. What? We got to do it every week on the same day. Yeah, let's All do right, Mondays. So Mondays. All right. You guys heard it here first if you're live. And yeah. you heard it second if you're on the podcast. That's right. All right. All right, cool, man. Well, this was fun. Yeah, let's catch up. Let's uh let's reconvene next Monday. Huh? We'll see y'all then. If you have anything in the meantime, uh make sure you're checking out everything on SDS um and social media and all that good stuff, and also our YouTube channel as well. So love you guys. We'll see you next week. One love.